0: Yeah, I'm John Miller, and you are a listener. Hey, how about that for an equation? An American listener, I probably assume, so one would think you care about free speech in the First Amendment. At least that's what Americans always tell themselves. But, as usual, it's much, much easier to be for your own freedom as it is to be for the freedom of another person, particularly, particularly if that person happens to disagree with some of your most fundamental and closely held beliefs. And just to kick off this discussion, I've been thinking about one of my favorite comedians of all time lately and that is Mr. Norm McDonald. You see Norm was on Saturday night, Saturday Night Live doing weekend update for a few years when I was quite young. Really when my sense of humor first started truly awakening I think was really when Norm McDonald was on doing Weekend Update, and Norm would famously do some very different and out-there material. Now, very few people were making jokes about at least the very visceral details of the O.J. Simpson murder. They might have been making jokes about A.C., damn it, and all that stuff, and the Ford Bronco, but Norm MacDonald would just simply say things like, oh yeah, and he killed his wife, and then there would be a long, awkward pause. Some of the audience would laugh. A lot of it wouldn't. And for me, a lot of that awkwardness, the audience going, oh, God, am I supposed to laugh at this? To me, that was a lot of the humor. That's a lot of Norm's appeal to me is those awkward moments when you're going, oh, my God, did he just say that? Wait, is he allowed to say that? That is a huge part of comedy is going a little bit over the line. Part of part of comedy is going over the line and figuring out, where the line is. But if you never go over it, how do you know where the line is? Well, Norm was recently talking to somebody at TMZ about this very topic, and let's listen to a couple of his sound bites. Is your starting point a little bit more sort of tamer these days? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very calculated and thought out. Does that hurt your act, though? No, yeah, it's way less funny. Is that right? Other than it being not as funny, it's wonderful. (laughs) It doesn't hurt anyone's feelings anymore. But virtually no one laughs. So it's a trade-off. So yeah, wonderful trade-off. I hope everyone is happy. I hope the politically correct culture is happy because apparently one of the most fearless comedians, at least I thought one of the most fearless comedians that I've ever seen growing up, a guy who would step over the line on national TV in front of Lorne Michaels every single week is now afraid of... To do the material that he wants to do. And frankly, that sickens me. And all of you who are applauding this, you sicken me as well. Although, if you're listening to this, you're not one of those people. Come on. You're one of the cool Everybody Trades listeners. No, you actually, I imagine if you're listening to me, you actually can appreciate that there are people who are going to tell jokes that you don't like. That yes, your tastes are going to occasionally be offended. But what's much more offensive is attempting to silence somebody who has a joke, who has maybe some thoughts to offer that may actually challenge your thoughts. And just how Norm has changed up his act was made even more clear in this bite. But now uh, it's not enough to get, you know, 99%. You have to get 100%. You know, most of the audience wants to be funny and doesn't care about anything but that. They just want to escape, Yeah, but a tiny uh, group of people uh, ruin it for everyone And that's who you cater your performance to these days? I cater my performance to a tiny group of people that hate me. He caters his performance to a tiny group of people who hate him. And again, notice how he said 99% of the population just wants to laugh. Most of the audience just wants to laugh. That's all they want. That's all they want from Norm MacDonald. But that 1%, see, they don't want to laugh, although maybe they do want to laugh, but they want to laugh on their terms. They want they want whatever the joke is, whatever the punchline is, they want it to comport to, as Tom Woods likes to say, the index card of allowable opinion or the index card of allowable punchlines and jokes. Well, let me tell you something. That index card is is getting tinier and tinier every day. It's practically one of those mini post-it notes at this point. For somebody who realizes that 99% of the room is laughing at the joke, and yet they would like that person and everybody in the audience to shut up, that is actually a totalitarian impulse. There's no other way to put it. It's totalitarian because they want to control words that are coming out of your mouth and thoughts. And laughter. How insane is that? Does that make you a good person? I don't think so. Now, I also understand that there are a lot of, I would say, somewhat pedantic First Amendment arguers out there who will say, well, hey, this is free speech. This is the First Amendment. This has nothing to do with the government infringing, creating laws that infringe upon free speech. And yeah, insofar as technically, yeah, you're absolutely correct there. It has nothing to do with the First Amendment per se, but it absolutely has everything to do with free speech. You see, mob mentality, whether it actually manifests itself in real physical violence, in real threats of violence, or in just a sort of, hey, shut up, or we're going to take away your livelihood manifestation, all of those are on the same continuum. It's all the same totalitarian impulse we can't per- we can't pretend otherwise and sure if we have a first amendment where congress and the government is completely out of our speech lives that's wonderful but if we as a society are going to throw the scarlet letter on anybody who disagrees with what we believe or tells a joke that we may not like that's not going to be A society that is conducive to free, open discussion in the arena of ideas, the marketplace of ideas. You see, we actually do have to be tolerant of other people and respect their rights. And while we're at it, let's actually, let's clarify those rights a little more because I think people are often and frequently confused about what free speech really is and how it actually works and how it should work in a truly free society. Frankly, free speech really isn't about speech when you get right down to the literal definition of it. It's really about property, just like all rights properly understood are based on property. And you're going, what property? Oh, you're just some material obsessed capitalist, aren't you, John? No, that's really not it. See, when I start from the rights perspective of property, that begins with you. You own yourself. So therefore, if you own yourself, then nobody has the right to harm you, touch you, molest you, whatever it might be, without your consent. We can all agree with that, right? See, if you don't agree with that, "Mm, now now we've got problems. If you think that you can just do whatever you want to people without their consent, actually that makes you a sociopath. So I think we can probably all agree that that particular moral thought is correct. I think we can all agree with that. Name me a major religion that doesn't teach that particular point. So what does that specifically mean? It means that, yes, you have a right to say whatever you want. But what you don't have a right to do, you don't have a right to say whatever you want, whenever you want, and most importantly, wherever you want. See, if you're shouting in a theater during a performance of Hamilton and you start screaming the N word in the middle of the, of the performance, obviously you're going to be asked to leave. Does anybody think that Hamilton is wrong for asking the N word screamer to leave? No. Well, why is that? Obviously you could say because it's wrong to scream the N word. And I would agree with you, but more, more to the point, it's because the N word screamer, it's not his house. He doesn't own the theater. Now, I'm not saying he should scream the N-word at all, but you can do it in your own house. I would, I would, as Voltaire used to say, I would die for your right to scream the N-word in your house, although that's a very silly and specific right, but you you understand what I'm saying, right? Sure, you can say things that are deeply offensive, but who's to decide what's offensive? Well, you can decide if it's your house, if it's your restaurant, if it's your whatever it might be, and certainly... It's your body, so you don't have to listen. You're free to. If you're in that person's area, get up and walk away. Turn off the TV. Turn off the podcast. However it is that you're turn off Norm McDonald's new show on Netflix. Whatever it might be, and you're certainly allowed to leave any live performance that you want to. But what you're not allowed to do is to disrupt that performance. That's not allowed. And if you're going to start saying things in my home that I don't like, I'm allowed to kick you out there, too. Now, obviously, I just did a extreme example there. So let's take a more common sort of, well, let's just say a newsworthy example. Obviously, there's a big free speech debate going on right now involving CNN reporter Jim Acosta. You see, Acosta was basically, from what I could tell, Asking questions when it wasn't his turn to ask questions. And he wasn't, he didn't like this. He was saying, hey, I want to be able to, I should be able to ask the president whatever I want whenever I want, basically. Well, now, as we've seen, the Trump administration has pulled Acosta's White House press pass. Apparently, he's no longer welcome back. And a lot of people that I follow who are journalists and some people I went to journalism school with are outraged. They're saying, this is an affront to the free press. It's an affront to free speech. And how could Trump do this? And not putting CNN is, you know, they're saying he's totalitarian, essentially. All right. And then there's also another instance. There's Tucker Carlson, who had mobs of people threatening His property and one man one person almost nearly bashed in his front door his wife had to apparently hide in the paint in the pantry while the police were called now again obviously jim acosta and the mob they have the right to say what they want to say just like tucker carlson has the right to say what he wants to say but it's quite clear, and I haven't seen anybody disagree with this, even if they are quite silent on the topic. Nobody is saying that, gee, at least nobody with any brain cells to rub together, in my opinion, is saying that Tucker Carlson deserved to have his home and his family terrorized. And certainly he didn't deserve to have his property damaged. Now, nobody's saying that they aren't allowed to have their views, or at least nobody that I'm seeing is saying that. I'm certainly not sa- Let's say that. I am certainly not saying that these people can't have their views, but when you're now trespassing on somebody's property, when you're destroying their property, when you're threatening to harm their bodies, their ultimate property, guess what? I have a lot of things that I would like to say to Paul Krugman. I've made fun of him many, many times. I frankly think he's kind of a dangerous idiot in many ways, and yet... It would have never occurred to me in a million years to find his home address and start pounding on his door and threatening his wife. I mean, if that's, I got news for you. Forget about politics. Forget about opinions. If that's what you're doing, if that's your impulse, you are a terrible person. Forget about right and wrong as far as political beliefs. You're just a bad person, period. And frankly, that's a lot of what my beliefs are about. It's not so much political, it's moral. See, I don't think it's right to bash on somebody's door and to threaten their wife and kids. How about that? To me, that's just simply and obviously wrong. It's not about politics. It's about right and wrong. And as far as Jim Acosta goes, again, now we're. this is clearly not a... First Amendment issue, even though the press is mentioned in the First Amendment. See, CNN isn't mentioned in the First Amendment. Jim Acosta isn't mentioned in the First Amendment. Although, I'm pretty sure that CNN is still going to have correspondence at the White House. It just won't be Jim Acosta. See, the thing is, just because you're CNN and you were the first cable news network ever established in America, that doesn't make you that special, It really doesn't. It doesn't mean that you have some special legal privilege. And that's a very confused take to have, in my opinion, in terms of legality. Now, if you want to argue about the culture of free speech, if you want to say this is something, this isn't good, this isn't something that the president should be doing, and this is chilling to speech, well, we can have that discussion. And again, that's about, that goes back to the culture of free speech and not just a legal First Amendment argument. The bottom line is, Say you're a type of person that was upset at Pete Davidson's joke at the congressman who lost his eye in, I believe, Afghanistan somewhere. It's one of those Middle East tours. So a lot of people were offended by that. And if you were, okay. Again, that's a taste thing. But to me, again, you're allowed to not like Pete Davidson. You're, not, you're allowed to not like that joke. What you're not allowed to do at least the way my morals work, you're not allowed to then threaten Pete Davidson's life. And I don't, I'd do not i like to think that the people I know who were threatened by that joke, that wouldn't even occur to them because they're good people. Well, again, it's all about morality when you get down to it. You see, morals don't change because 50% of the country voted a certain way. See, democracy on its face isn't moral. Ha! how about that? There's a thought for a couple days after the election, huh? Just because you vote for something doesn't make it right. And that's something that I get a little irritated. People just constantly say, wow, democracy is so amazing. Gosh, I love democracy. Well, you know what? As a final thought that I'm going to leave you all with today, individual liberty and freedom, that is the bedrock of America. It's not democracy. In fact, we need a lot less democracy, not more of it. So, how about that for a closer? Until next time on the Everybody Trades Podcast.